I just say fuck Mark Wahlberg real quick? What'd he do? He's like a horrible bigot. He's been doing stuff for like the past several years. He's just a shitty person. Huh. A big anti-Mark Wahlberg person over here. Yeah. Noted. Yeah, sure, that'll be the first part of this episode. Like, you can, you can do the Googling to find out the specifics. It's one of those fun things of... You know, when someone shows up in the news and people want to point out, like, the fucked up things that they do. So they're like, oh, yeah, here's this made up lie. Just Google keywords for the thing that they did wrong. <laughs> Where it'd be like, God, what is a good example? Um, fuck, there was a good one I saw the other day. Uh, but it'd be like, oh, someone donated to this charity that supports this thing. Just Google their name this thing and then you'll find out the fucked up shit they did but they don't frame it that way when they tweet it it's hard to explain without having an example right i'm, I'm trying to think of crap mark Wahlberg might have been up to and i want to say he was i'm just gonna google mark Wahlberg bigotry so i can get more specifics because why not let's just fucking air the the, the laundry <laughs> i think he was like involved in a in, a, in an assault on a, a yeah, didn't on he beat a, up an Asian guy? Maybe. I don't know, but we were talking about Sean Connery a minute ago, and he he might have done the same thing. Here's a oh, just a fucking website page that says, Mark Wahlberg racist hate crimes, colon, the full list. Ah, yeah. there we go. I also found that. Hello and welcome to Common Rider AA, the podcast where we uh, talk shit about celebrities. The racist ones in particular. Oh, this list actually kind of sucks because it's only talking about the shit that he did as a teenager. He did stuff fairly recently, I feel like. Uh, today we watched and are recapping episode 24 of Common Rider 01. It's our turn. Anna, who wrote and directed this one? Because this one was actually pretty good, I feel. Oh, sorry. I was busy looking up Mark Wahlberg stuff. Uh, it was uh, written by Minato Takano. Uh, you know, person who wrote last episode, second episode writing Common Rider, and directed by Satoshi Morota. Uh, aired February 23rd, 2020. The episode's cold open has Metal Cluster 01 beating the crap out of Thouser again. 01 uses the Breaking Mammoth key with the authorized buster to lay the smack down on Thouser. Real quick, is this the first time we've seen this without the big robot? Uh, no. Uh, we used the mammoth key against... Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was... Uh, it has been used without the giant robot. My question was, is this the first time uh, Metal Cluster Hopper has used a Progrise key? Like, in its berserk form? Yeah, I think so. And probably the last time as well. Yeah, no more berserk. We are filled with goodwill. Uh, Thouser responds by jacking the mammoth data, and the two of them launch projectiles at each other. Thouser loses that clash, and he gets knocked over, and cue the OP. I quite literally cannot get enough of Thouser losing. Yeah, fuck that guy. I watched this with a friend uh, earlier today. He instantly hated Thouser without me even having to, like, talk about him and he was like oh that guy's an asshole Enji and Izu come out to see Zero One fighting Thouser 
Angie tries telling Zero One to come back to his senses, but he gets zapped by the arc's angry electricity. Oh, yeah. I, I think specifically of note is that Aruto in Metal Cluster Hopper mode was like slowly walking towards both NG and E's. Uh, so, some more things about, you know, watching this with a friend who's never watched any of Zero One before. I did enjoy having to explain, okay, no, that robot isn't a priest. It's an actor pretending to be a priest. Yeah, for the fake wedding that just happened. Which I guess will be a real wedding in a little while. Thank God those two people are together and not with anybody else. They are off the market, no longer poisoning the dating economy. Man, they really did just spend ten seconds resolving that subplot. Inji's <laughs> eyes turn red and he keels over. Thouser uses all the progress data he's jacked so far to conjure a menagerie of holographic animals to bum rush zero one in an empowered thousand break. This ends up actually taking down zero one and turning him back into Aruto. It was actually kind of impressive. Like, you know, the way that they all moved, because they didn't all just bum rush. It was like uh, the different projections, like, did tactics. Yeah, I I think it was really well, or more into, less well shot and more interestingly shot, I guess, um, in that, like, you see Zero One, like, slashing at each of the annuals in turn. Um, and when the final explosion happens, I was still just like under the impression like, oh, he's not going to be affected by this attack because he's like still standing as the explosions are going off. But then when the dust fades, he's down on his knees. I'm going to put forward my little headcanon here and say the reason all those, you know, holograms were able to, you know, work together and come out at once is because of the shine system. I think the shine system was used as the basis for that multi-pronged, you know, ultimate attack that makes sense plausible yeah the shine system could just be the basis for his cool sword because like you know it's like extrapolating data from pulling energy out of the the rise keys right yeah that could be something uh amatsu tells aruto that humagears will eventually be the end of him and he begins walking off he also like sort of limps off because even though he won the fight Amatsu was not okay. Yeah, he got fucked up. Enji goes after Amatsu, and when Amatsu tries telling him to fuck off, Enji responds that he has made contact with the Ark's will. This seems to intrigue Amatsu, and he allows Enji to come along with him. Did any of y'all figure Enji's thing out before it happened? I don't think I fully figured it out, but I did notice something that I don't know if it was intentional. Uh, was it during the Humigear scene? Like, when they all scanned themselves? No, it was during a little bit later when their uh, guy and him are talking in Guy's office. Um, the the ring light on the Humigear ear does not look red to me in this scene. And maybe I just misremembered how the red looks, but to me it's like just like a pink you know? Yeah, it definitely looks more magenta than red. Yeah, it's like um like wing falcon colored and not red danger colored. I I can see that, yeah. 
And so I was just like trying to figure out if that was on purpose or not. And I guess it could have been. We cut to the National Cyber Hospital where Arto has just regained consciousness. He's told by the Himagir doctor, Omigoto, that he's been asleep for three days and that the metal cluster key is causing some serious damage to his body. You know, Arto kind of shrugs off that he was in a coma for three days, but I feel I would need at least three days to deal with the fact that I just was not existing for three days. Yeah, but you're not, you didn't suddenly go from being a failed comedian to a superhero president to, um, well, yeah, mostly that. Yeah. Just like the, the, the whiplash of like how quickly he escalated to being a superhero. And it's just been going nonstop since then that I feel like at this point it'd just be like, oh, well, I guess it happened. Arto, yeah, he does kind of try brushing out all this off as he tries getting out of bed uh, out of fear that a humigear somewhere is going berserk. He's told, though, to continue resting. He apologizes for his lack of faith in his humigears, while a restored match walks in and informs Arto that he went berserk on purpose last episode. Yeah, so what the fuck was that, huh? <laughs> he is dedicated to his craft. He, he, they can just do that? He just connected to the... I mean, technically, them going berserk, partially, at the very least in the beginning, was them being infected by the Ark's malware. So all he has to do is visit MitsuboJinrai.net and he gets infected by the malware. God, and then he began like, yeah, I was... I was only going to try to pretend to be Berserk, but uh, I guess I just misunderstood how it worked, you know? But I mean, it did, like, Match is a genius. Like, his ability to read all the variables, like, examine people, like, it, it worked. <laughs> They're getting married. Everyone else is safe. Yeah, Match is fucking wild. I love that guy. I hope we get more of him later on. He's... Just kind of like how we got a bunch of cameos from all the other Huma Gears. I, I I would love it if he would sh- if he's to show up again. Yeah, well, I mean, every time we use Metal Cluster Hopper, it'd be like a little piece of matches, you know, fighting alongside us. But yeah, he, the whole Berserk episode was to sort of catalyze Chiharu and Teruo getting together, and. We then cut to a beach, and this scene's just kind of negligible, but... <laughs> what do you mean is negligible? <laughs> Best match! <laughs> Leaps out of the sand. Teruo proposes to Chiharu, and he, match pops out of the ground, delivering that catchphrase while waving his handkerchief. I love that they spent five seconds dealing with the B-plot of the last episode. Like... <laughs> It's like, hey, listen, we all know you're here for Metal Cluster Hopper, but I need you to know, Teruo and Chiharu are no, like, we're safe, okay? Don't worry, we're safe. It's gonna be okay. The evil has been defeated. <laughs> Holds out a frog. Uh, Izu decides to take the Metal Cluster key from Aruto. She then broadcasts a message to all Humagears through Zaya to commence an operation. It is time to kill all the humans. So, what I thought was going to happen in this episode, as like, oh, 
is E's going to try to take on the power of the Metal Cluster Hopper? <laughs> is that what's going to happen here? Berserkies just summoning all these Lotus to kill everyone. In the Ames lockup, Hirobi is reiterating more of his spiel about how the Ark is absolute and how all human gears will obey it, yada yada. Hirobi accuses Fuo of being the same, and Fuo responds that they're not the same. He makes his own rules for himself and won't follow orders that he disagrees with. Will you? Hirobi asks if Fuwa is sure that his will is his own, and this triggers Fuwa. Fuwa knocks Hirobi over as Hirobi laughs mockingly. No. <laughs> he does also say the line, I'm me, which um, I don't know if anybody else's brain out there is broken like mine, but that's one of those phrases that any time I hear it, I do have to think about Kingdom Hearts. I'm me, he uh, says. I'm me, he says. It's that, and it's two of them. Those are the two phrases that'll always make me think about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, uh, fun fact, uh, Fua kicking Hirobi down, that was ad-libbed. Uh, Hirobi's actor did not know that was going to happen. And Fua's actor felt so bad, he took him out for dinner that night. <laughs> Aww. Uh, specifically, he took him out for Yakiniku. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I mean, he did kick that man, so not that sweet. Yeah, but it's part of the job, you know? Anyway, we cut to an arc-infected NG, well, infected in quotation marks, NG swearing loyalty to Amatsu. Amatsu asks how NG would go about destroying Hiden Intelligence. NG tells him that he can hack HI system from within. I'm going to say that it not not Enji's a very good actor, but also Amatsu guy's pretty dumb. Like, also for the idea that, yeah, if the Ark showed up in an avatar, he would just, you know, swear his loyalty to me. That makes sense. The entity I created filled with human malice. Yeah, that's normal. That's good. I want that. The thing that hates all humans, well, I'm a human, and I'm the, oh, yeah. Sure, that makes perfect sense. Cut to Daybreak Town, the astronaut Humagir Subaru, and the construction Humagir Oyakata. It's so good to see Oyakata again. They find MJ.net's derelict hideout, minus the mannequin butt, and they approach the terminal Amatsu had used before to create the metal cluster key. Subaru begins uploading the data therein over to Izu. And Izu then broadcasts a message to all the Humagears we've seen so far. She asks that they all counter the Ark's malice with their goodwill for Arto's sake. Each of them produces what I guess could be called a a pseudo-progress key. It's like the ID ones that that are also phones that everyone has, I think. Because, like, I I, I think we've, like, seen... Not those exactly, but similar ones relating to Humagear data. So I think that might just be like data storage for Humagears or something. I just, there was, when the, when she scans the thing on her arm and it goes, Secretary Izu. It's fucking so good. It's so good. I love to hear the voice say those words. Uh, by the w- uh, by the way, uh, Matsuda Enji uh, has, you know, scans his own thing, which is, you know, foreshadowing. 
everyone scans the, I guess, the barcodes that are on their bodies. And we get a montage of Aruto interacting with each of them. Izu takes all of their pseudo-keys and uses their data to fabricate a new weapon for Zero-One. But elsewhere, Yua reports to Amatsu that someone has been in MJ.net's hideout and has taken the data for Hidden Metal. Amatsu puts two and two together and confronts Enji about this. Enji reveals that he's been a double agent for Hidden Intelligence this whole while, and that he gave the data's location to Izu. Uh, also, like during the fight when uh, Matsu guy, you know, puts on the extinction riser, like for a second, I thought Enji was about to bust out some moves because it looked like he was about to go into fight choreography, but instead he just got flipped on his back and extinction rised. Uh, Amatsu responds by, uh, yeah, forcing an extinction riser onto Enji and again turning him into a Narcino Magia. So, we've seen this one before, right? Uh, yeah, that was the one from the uh, um, And Assassin episode. Why do I feel like I've never seen this really cool design? I, I don't know what it is. Something about it this time just really stood out to me. It might have been recolored. No, it it's the same color. We've only just seen it once before, though. It just, it looks really good this time. I don't know why. Amatsu henshins into Thouser and tries beating the crap out of uh, Arsino NG. Yeah. Well, because he's a Magia, it's now self-defense. Look out, he has a gun. Throws a gun at the person. At the hospital, Dr. Omigoto tells Aruto that Enji has gone berserk after having been undercover at Zaya. Omigoto tells Aruto that everything is ready and lets him go over to the scene of the fight. As this happens, the new weapon, the Progress Hopper Blade, is completed. Transforming to lethal weapon. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Actually, no, hold on. For... for- for our, uh, you know, bit of you saying cool things in the cool voice, would you like to say that, Cassidy? Uh, yeah, I'll say it the way I saw it written. Um, changing to lethal weapon. Yeah, just changing to lethal, okay. I, I mean, Ease was in charge of designing it, apparently, so it makes sense that it would be lethal. Yeah. She loves to kill, she loves to maim. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I thought at first that it was just going to be literally the exact same as uh, the Thousand Driver or uh, the Thousand Blade or whatever jacker. it's called. Yeah, the Jacker. And I thought she was just going to fucking syringe the poison out of Aruto. Just plug into all that malice and suck it out. Yeah, turn it into a cool sword. Yeah, well, uh, Thouser continues beating up Arsino NG while fuming at how he was deceived by a Himagir. Maybe it's because he Arto- suck, asshole. I say to the fictional character from a show that aired three years ago. Arto runs up and tries stopping Thouser, but he gets tossed aside. Izu appears on a stack of concrete beams and tells Arto to henshin and to trust in Humagears. Arto complies, and he goes into metal cluster form, and yet again begins going berserk. Izu does a sweet front flip over into Zero One's path, and puts the hopper blade against him. 
this sort of purifies the zero one driver and the metal cluster well, key. It, it's slightly better than that because you know Izu you know hops in front of them, front of him, like sort of turns and does like an attacking motion, and and you know metal cluster hopper instinctively grabs what's coming at him, and just grabs the hilt of the sword. Uh, but yeah, it enables Arto to regain control of himself. Yeah, pulls him out of the embrace of the Ark and into the familiar, uh, you know, cyberspace of Zaya. Zaya, but yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up that the same, they're almost the same name. Zero One throws out his catchphrase of, the only one who can defeat you is me. And Ease is just in the background, just copying his hand. It's so great. It's so, it's so great. Yeah, uh, Zero One beats the crap out of Thouser with the hopper blade. Zero One delivers a finisher labeled Finisher Strash, to which Thouser tries using Arsino Engi as a shield against. But amazingly, Engi doesn't get destroyed by this. He instead has the Ark's control exercised from him, and he gets turned back into a human gear. I mean, it, it kind of tracks because it is a... Weapon literally built out of the goodwill of Humagears to Aruto, a man who loves Humagears more than anything else. So, like, it kind of makes sense it wouldn't be able to hurt them. Yeah, it's about time they gave him a healing move like every other famous uh, transforming hero. And, like, you know, it does also track with before the... uh, the sword, you know, pu- like pu- purified him of the corrupting arc influence. I, it's, I just think it's very cool, and I wanted to talk more about it. Arto marvels at this, and he directs Izu to take Enji to safety. Thouser is fucking pissed and tries continuing to fight Zero One. Zero One continues to dominate the fight, however, and finishes Thouser by combining his briefcase sword with the hopper blade to deliver yet another finisher, this time called Ultimate Strush. It's a good move, just combining, because, like, he, you know, he combines the two swords together into a double-sided blade, then one slash, two slashes, he's already won the fight at the second slash. Then it's a third slash, just because he wanted to style on him. Yeah. Gotta get those S-ranks. Gotta stunt on them. Thouser is decimated, and he dehenshines into Amatsu. He swears he will win the next round of the job competition and put Aruto out of his misery. Uh, so, two things. One, when Amat- when a guy dehenshined, it looked a lot to me that he had lost an arm. Like, I knew he hadn't, but they just did not show his left arm until he was leaving. So, like, I... Th- for a second, my brain was like, oh, he lost his arm. Wait, what? And uh, two, my friend Hayden, who I watched this with, said uh, after he dehensioned, all right, now shoot him. <laughs> Which I agree, but also that's mad illegal. Who's in the convict him? Yeah, and what witnesses are there? There's Izu and Enji, but they're technically company property. Yeah, they ain't no snitches. <laughs> If Aruto told them not to, not to say anything, then they'd probably go with it. If they let Ease have a gun, she would have shot him herself. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. Let's be honest. Ease is the one killing Amatsu. God, if only. Listen, we've seen how fast she can move. She could easily pull off like a teleports behind you. 
Nothing personal, kid. Nothing personnel, kid. The episode winds down in Arto's office. Izu reports that the new Humagear security update has been good for business. She tells Aruto that the data used to counter the Ark's malice was because of the faith Aruto placed in Himagears. And Aruto looks at a wedding invitation from Chiharu and Teruo and decides to make a quick return to his comedian roots for the wedding reception. And we end the episode on a suspenseful note as Pua sees that Hirobi has somehow escaped Ames custody. Okay, so... How do you guys think that Hirobi escaped? Did he escape by himself? Did the person sending out the raid risers help him? Was it another party? Is Guy fucking things up even more now that he's extra pissy? I think it was Naki, the the hooded MJ.net member. I keep on forgetting that we know their name. It's a while before they start using Naki regularly on the show as a name. Not necessarily as a character. Uh, I I think that's probably what is the case, but I I want to believe for the time being that it has something to do with the fact that he's contacted literally every human gear. Oh, huh. and Hirobi famously is a human gear. I know he doesn't have the little ear fins, but he is one. God, imagine if next week Hirobi just shows up at the office with like his little data cars like, here's my data, add it to the fucking goodwill pile, then goes back to being it captured. Yeah, he scans his arm and the thing just goes like, Hirobi Mitsubo Jinrai. Because <laughs> that's obviously his last name. I know it's... I know we didn't get to see much of Scissormans in the episode that Scissormans was in, but I was really hoping to hear the voice say, Scissormans! Barber! <laughs> Should that be the title of the episode? Scissormans Barber? All caps? I will. I'll put it into consideration. Uh, but yeah, we are now moving on to Writer of the Week. This is the segment where we give the aspect of the production or the character that we each built had the best showing for this episode. Yeah, I'm going to give mine to all the Humagears who contributed to the Hopper Blade. It, it was just, mwah, ship's kiss. I liked this episode, if you couldn't tell. Uh, I agree with the sentiment, but I am just going to give mine specifically to Ease, like I am prone to do. Same. <laughs> I think Ease is going to win our rider of the... Uh, it's just... She really stepped up and, like... She's always stepping up is the thing. And she, like, really cements herself less as, like, an assistant or secretary or sidekick and more of, like, literal partner when it comes to working with Aruto. Yeah, she's Aruto's second-in-command, essentially. And with how much she, like, shadows his movements, especially as of late, like... She could very easily just step into the roles of performing as zero one if necessary, I feel like. I feel like she's been like studying him constantly for that potential moment. Oh yeah. She, I she does become zero two, doesn't she? Adam. Spoilers. I know she shows up for like a crossover thing in the future, so Yeah, there's like <sighs> Is it a TV special or a miniseries where, like, all the the lady writers 
get the focus. Probably a TV special or a V Cinema. But so we're, we're a little bit over halfway done with the series, and that's sad. But now I want to ask, what do you think the end game for the characters we have on the board right now is? Like, let's say Aruto, Ease, Fua, uh, Hirobi, Yua, and Guy. What do you think the end games for those characters are? I think that at the end of the series, Aruto will no longer be the president of Eden Intelligence. Oh? Then who do you think will? I don't know. I think it's going to be like... He might even just give it to Fukuzoe, honestly. Because like the character's gotten some like rehabilitation as the series has gone on. And we still have half a series left. It might be that having human gears as a business, that concept will be obsolete because maybe there'll be some event in which all human gears everywhere undergo singularity and essentially become achieve personhood and in the truest sense. And so maybe they'll just, the series will end with some kind of legislation being passed They'll basically give human gears everywhere uh, human rights, basically, and citizenship in whatever countries they reside in. Yeah, something like that. And then, like, Aruto passes it off to, like, I don't know, Fukuzoe or something. And him and Izu end up doing some other thing related to, like, human gear stuff or... Become comedians. Yeah, or even just, like... Constant, like the concept of social service, something like that, but not hidden intelligence. Yeah, maybe he'd go back to being a comedian. Yeah, uh, do it. Do a duo routine. Yeah, a Boke Sukomi routine. Yeah. Okay, so then for uh, let's say for the villains, what do you think happens to Guy, Yua, and Hirobi? Guy Amatsu fucking dies. <laughs> I hope so. I never saw that episode of, uh, what was it? Is it always Sunny that has the episode titles like that? Uh, that would be The Gang Kills Guy Amatsu. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn. Well, now, now, now I spoiled the season finale. The crossover with Oh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Danny DeVito shows up. And he just starts blasting. <laughs> yeah. Fool when he goes to transform. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> that, that, that's the title of Fuwa's uh, autobiography. Um, I think Yua gets rehabilitated and probably just joins Ames proper. Or maybe Ames even gets dissolved and becomes some other general like social protection thing. Probably becomes an actual partner with Fuwa or something. Maybe Yua will get the CEO position and Zaya of Amatsu bites it. Or or maybe, who knows, on the off chance he gets arrested. I feel like if when Gaia Amatsu bites it, I didn't I almost said if, but then I realized no, it is when. When Gaia Amatsu bites it, I think Zaya is just gonna get or um Zaya is just gonna get completely dissolved. I don't think there's gonna be any recovering for that company as a whole. Uh I I, I will I- he, he he's only the president of the Japanese branch. Maybe, like maybe we kick uh, Zaya out of uh, Japan, but they're still around to fuck up America. And that's and that's the plot of Zero Two. I bet Hirobi dies horribly tragically, and it's really sad. Yeah, maybe he has a redemption moment in which he realizes, oh, the arc ain't that great, 
it's a bad deal for Humagears too, or something. And yeah, whatever happens to Hirobi, it's going to be tragic and sad, and maybe even unnecessary. All right, and last one. What do you think happens to Fua aside from blasting Gaiamatsu? I bet, like, if Ames does become something else, Fua would be like the head of that, um, or like partnering up with Yua for something. Assuming Yua gets like rehabilitated, I think those two probably will like go back to their unfriendly dynamic, but like work work partners, not like actual friends. I kind of want to say that he would leave Ames and maybe maybe do something more socially minded. He he did have a kind of a good thing going on with that kid who lost his father during the daybreak incident. So just help out kids find their dads. Is this your dad? Is this your son? Fua moves to the Windy City and becomes a detective and he teams up with an alien from space. <laughs> Yeah, sure, that's one way to interpret Philip. Listen, I only watched, like, three episodes of that show. <laughs> it just start, it just took me a second to be like, like okay, I mean, I, I assumed you were talking about Fudo City, then, wait, Alien? Is this like a... God, what's the alien that eats cats that had a TV show? Alf? Alf. I was like, is this an Alf situation? That joke landed very poorly because I did, in fact, have to stop halfway through and ask for an alley-oop. Listen, I have watched, um, like, at least an entire season of ALF. I think Fu is cooler than any character that shows up in that show. <laughs> Apparently, everyone on that show hated each other or something. Like, the behind-the-scenes stuff was just awful. That makes sense. Like, uh, the person who played the dad, like hated the elf puppet because it was getting top billing. The elf puppet got its own late night TV show. Oh, it did, didn't it? It's like a talk show. I'm so glad I missed Alf as a existence. So I missed it too, but then I was given like the first ser- the first season on DVD as like an Easter gift one year that I'm pretty sure they just found in like a discount bin. But I watched it. You, in fact, did. I've already forgotten. Did everyone give their writer of the week? Yeah. Two eases and the humigears. All right. We are now moving on to Tarot Corner. This is where I take a tarot card. I try to apply its symbolic meaning to events in the episode or a character in the episode and their motivations. And I am giving the star to this episode in general. It represents faith, hope, and renewal. But more importantly, it's the card that comes after the tower, which represents disaster. Arto struggled with the metal cluster hopper, but he had his faith in Humagears, rewarded by them coming to his aid and dispelling the Ark's influence over that key, and granting him some new, some new swag in the process. Lastly, uh, we are now going to episode ratings. This is just a numerical rating from... 1 to 10 on how we felt the episode was. I'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10. I like this one a lot. I'm always a sucker for moments in storytelling where the hero hits the karmic jackpot and has their efforts recognized and rewarded. And seeing Amatsu get salty over being uh, deceived by NG and getting his ass beat by Aruto was just the cherry on top. 
Uh, I'm going to give it a 9, because I really enjoyed this episode. And also, we set up a lot of good stuff, like with uh, Hirobi getting under Fua's skin, and then Hirobi escaping at the end, not to mention all the stuff Adam mentioned about uh, about Aruto's goodwill coming back around to him. Um, I think I'll agree with a, with a 9. I was going to ask, hey, what did I give the last episode? But actually, I think I'm just going to go with 9. Last episode was a 7. Hmm, okay. Did I really give it that low, huh? Alright, okay. It was very much, a, for most of it, a comedy episode with the two most horrible people in the world. That's true. They Man, weren't good people. Like, he really did just physically assault and try to murder the people she tried to date. And now they're engaged. Like, that is worse than, like, the worst of mid-2000s romantic comedies. <laughs> Best of match. Gonna wrap. We are now going to wrap things up with plugs. Uh, if you like us for some unfathomable reason, you can find us on Twitter at double underscore common. That's common spelled like common writer, not common like a common bitch. Uh, or like common the rapper. I did not know a rapper went by that name. But he was in John Wick too. I just still need to watch the those movies. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Casty, what do you do? Um, I do other podcasts. I really only do the one other podcast right now, but um, Prepod will come back eventually, which I mentioned vaguely in this episode, so I'll talk about it now. That's when me and my fiance uh watch and talk about an episode of Pretty Cure. It's kind of like this show, but about the animated Tokusatsu and not the the live action one. Uh, they're on a programming block together, like almost like I think they're right after one another on the same channel. So there are a lot of good pictures of just common riders and uh, pretty cure people just hanging out. I think there is like a one of those like make the kids get up and dance kind of segments that exists of like 3D models of a recent pretty cure and like super sentai suit actors. Oh, I need to find that. I'm pretty sure that exists. 90% sure that exists. The uh, image I'm thinking of was for Kamen Rider Kiva, and I can't remember which Pretty Cure, but it was one of the pink ones, and they're just hanging out. And, like, it's a completely animated frame with all anime characters except for Kamen Rider Kiva in full armor just hanging out. (laughs) Kiva being the goth Kamen Rider. Yeah, that's an accurate summation. Uh, Anna, do you have anything you'd like the people to know about? Uh, yeah. The Cape. A 2011 uh, superhero TV show that was very good, but got cancelled after one season. It was just very good. I very much enjoyed it. And there is a group of assassins that, uh, each of them were based off of different uh, cards in the tarot. There was the Tower, who was a guy who used uh, poison and knives... Uh, there was uh, the chariot, which was actually two dudes, uh, a guy on his uh, computer who would research uh, their targets endlessly, and a sniper who would then use that data to kill them. It was a good show. Cool. And with that, we come to a close for today, folks. Oh, it is time to Joe Henshin. 
Cho. Hen. Shing.